This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Hello, and welcome to this special episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Now, why I say it's special is because on this episode, I'm interviewing my longtime mentor, Dan Kennedy. Now, if you're not familiar with Dan Kennedy, you're going to want to be. He is a champion of small business. The way that most people come to Dan is through marketing. I first met Dan in 1996, and I have been receiving his No BS newsletter uninterrupted now for 22 years. I've read every book. I've gone to countless seminars. I've listened to countless audios. There was a time where I was in Dan's mastermind group, and there were often on times where I was a private client of Dan's. I gotta say the most important thing that I've learned from Dan over these years now is he taught me self-reliance. Now, we don't talk a lot about self-reliance today. Uh, we should. Um, we should be teaching our children self-reliance and personal responsibility. The things that I learned from Dan ensure that I'll never go hungry because I've learned how to deliver value to the marketplace. I've learned how to create messages that will attract people to that value that I'm going to offer to the marketplace. I've learned how to convert those leads into paying customers and clients. And a lot of this I learned from Dan. And this is, these are all skills that cannot be taken away. Now, I originally did this recording for my clients. Every year we send our clients a thank you box in the summer, and I wanted to include one of Dan's books. And the book that I included was his No BS, Ruthless Management of People and Profits book. That book, <laughs> that's a heavy book, and it's uh, one of Dan's most important books. But the reason I chose that book this year is because, you know, a lot of us are having issues with people. As I record this, we are looking for three people here at G4 Marketing, and it's not easy. The other thing that people are, even in good times, having trouble with is profitability. And you know that I talk about profitability a lot. And those two things are addressed in the book, no BS, Ruthless Management of People and Profit. Now, if you've not ever heard of Dan Kennedy, I strongly recommend that you go and pick up one of his books. And you can start with the No BS, Ruthless Management book, or you can start with something a little simpler, like the No BS, Direct Marketing for Non-Direct Marketing companies. That's a good one also to start with. But really, you can grab any of Dan's books, dive into it, and you're going to get a ton of useful information and you're going to get a ton of value. 
So if you want to explore the No BS books, you can, of course, go to Amazon or you can go to nobsbooks.com and check out all of his books there. The thing I'm also going to recommend that you do is you go to nobsbooks.com or you go to no, I believe it's no BS inner circle and sign up for the newsletter, the no BS newsletter. Now, like I told you, I've been getting this newsletter for 22 years uninterrupted. Every month, every month, this newsletter is packed with information. And there have been some changes recently to the organization. I'm really happy that the newsletter now, like it was before, is mostly written by Dan. I don't get tired of, I don't get tired of it. Um, I always learn something every month, um, even after all of these years. So I think that, um, that is enough information. Uh, for you to, for me to kind of lay the groundwork of, uh, this episode. We are specifically on this episode talking about the, uh, the book, No BS, Ruthless Management of People and Profits. And keep in mind that there are probably a couple references in here about the recording going to my, my clients. But also I, I really thought that the interview was so good and it was so important that I would also release it as a, podcast episode. So enjoy. And with that, let's get to it. All right, everybody, welcome to this very special interview that I have with my longtime mentor, man who's changed my life, really. And that's, I know that's a very dramatic thing to say, but there's, you know, I can't say anything different. Uh, Mr. Dan Kennedy. Dan, thank you for, uh, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Glad to do it. Cool. So, so I sent all of my clients your book this summer. Good summer reading, just some light summer reading. The book called No BS, Ruthless Management of People and Profits. Now, I did this, Dan, because it is, this is one of probably one of your most important books. They're all amazing, but this one is an important book, especially today. We've got most all of my clients, Dan, and you're probably hearing this with your clients as well. They're all having a hard time finding people. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. What's changed since you first wrote the book? And then there are a lot of people in this business and many others, the home improvement business, as you well know, that aren't making anywhere near the money they should be making. And so I want to talk about that as well. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about the title for a second. Why is it called Ruthless Management of People and Profits? Well, it's because it's the polar opposite of, of, of timid and frightened management, um, which is actually the way most people run their businesses. And... To your point, we have shifted since the book, but predominantly since November of 2016. Um, we have shifted from a employer-controlled market to an employee-controlled market in many, many, many job categories where there's a surplus of jobs and a shortage of people worth putting in them. And it is making 
people even more timid in the way they operate their businesses because they are desperately afraid of losing Charlie, even though Charlie is non-compliant, doesn't follow best practices, has 14 tattoos on his head and a razor blade hanging from his ear. If we lose him, now what are we going to do? So, you know, this has only gotten worse. And But the answers are really still the same. And, and that actually loops now to the money. I mean, the, the answers are um, you, as an employer, uh, cannot, first of all, cannot be running scared. Um, the quickest way to get slaughtered in business is to operate from a position of fear and make any of your decisions from a position of fear. And so you've got to be, have great clarity about um, what I call your program, how things are supposed to be done, the sales experience the customer is supposed to have, the service experience the customer is supposed to have, referral productivity that's supposed to happen, the script that's supposed to be used to answer the phone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to have great clarity about your program, and you've got to build a team and insist on having a team that follows the program. And the New England Patriots aren't allowed to freelance and go out, and even Brady isn't allowed to just call any damn play he wants. There's a system, and all successful organizations and all successful businesses operate this way. So the surrender of it, the sacrifice of it, for any reason, including the difficulty of hiring and staffing, is a losing proposition. This mandates being able to create such a good opportunity and a good financial opportunity and a good workplace culture that winners want to be there. <laughs> so like in many businesses we teach, and the book teaches full audio-video surveillance of every part of a business except where people take off their clothes. So in a dental practice, following my methods, the front desk is under full audio and video surveillance, for example. And the phone has to be answered the way the phone's supposed to be answered. And when somebody comes up to the desk, the staff person has to stand up, not stay sitting down. They can't shove a clipboard at them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, here's what happens. Winners who were found hired right, recruited right, onboarded right, and trained right, winners respond well to this environment because they want to win and they're rewarded for winning. Just as players who want a Super Bowl ring want to go play for the New England Patriots, even though it's a lot easier to play for the Cleveland Browns, God forbid, <laughs> um, I say that at Clevelander, or play for the Buffalo Bills, or play for any number of other teams. Probably the hardest place to play is for the New England Patriots. 
but people want to go play there if they want a Super Bowl ring. So everything they'll see in the Ruthless Management book is about setting up an environment where winners want to win, winners can thrive, you could have a team that thrives, and you can enforce best practices all the way along the line. So if you want to call that ruthless, um, you can, and I have, uh, but it really is common sense management. It really is whose who show is this? Um, you know, who owns the circus here, you or the monkeys? And, and it's you. It's an earned privilege of all of the investment and risk and pain and extra, everything that goes into starting, building, and running a business. And it's further essential to maintain um, high reputation with customers that cause them to um, call you back, rely on you for ongoing service, windows this year, do patio next year, and uh, refer. And none of that happens by accident. So, you know, there's a, there's, there's a thing, Walt Disney talked about the $100,000 piece of gum, that they have a rule that no gum can stay on the ground if somebody throws gum on the ground for more than seven minutes, or it costs them $100,000. And so everybody's got to be on their toes to get out there and get that gum, because if you're there with your wife and your kids in July in Orlando, and you step at a piece of gum, no matter what the rest, how wonderful the rest of the experience is, and how happy everybody is about their days at the happiest place on earth when they go home. If you walked around all day with your shoe half sticking to the ground because of the gum, and then that night in your hotel room, you put the shoe on the air conditioner vent to make it cold so you could chip the gum off with a knife, that's the memory, and that's the thing you tell 15 other people about. And so that gets us to what are our standards, what are our rules, how are th what's our program, and what is our program, and, and how are we going to insist on the program being implemented. So that, that, that really is what the book is all about. And the pendulum swings in availability, easy availability, or limited availability of persons does not really alter the importance or the implementation of this approach to business. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, 
and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Yeah, and I, you know, I see it every day, which, by the way, what I find really interesting, I was going to ask you about the chapter called The Program, which is chapter five. It is probably the shortest chapter in the book. Pretty simple concept. Exactly. There's a best way to do everything in, yep. in a business. And so if answering the phone on three rings instead of 14 rings makes a difference, then by God, it ought to be answered on three rings. And micro detail matters. Sales choreography matters. Again, somebody walks up to a dental counter. Does the person behind the counter stand up to greet him or stay in the chair to greet him? Mm. It matters. And therefore, it's got to be codified. Here's how we do things around here. And here's how things are supposed to be done around here. And we all want to win, so here's how they're going to be done around here. And then we're on the three strikes or we're out playing. And and so, really, what else do you need to say about it? Now you're either going to do that or you're not going to do that. That's right. That's why I found. That's why I find it curious. Is because it is probably one of the most critical factors in a business. It's one of the things that hurts more businesses than any other thing. It's funny you said winners. You know, winners want to go where they can win. Um, I have a good friend in the business, Bob Quillen. This guy runs one of the tightest ships in the home improvement business. I've got another buddy, John Anglis, who runs one of the tightest ships. Both of these guys net 20% when everybody else in this industry is struggling for five. And it's everything that you just said. This is the program. This is how we do it here. If you want to win, we have a sales system that wins. If you want to win, we have a customer experience that wins. I love that. Well, and look, part of the link that contributes to their superior margins is that price elasticity is directly related to all this. And so reputation referrals, customer response, literally starting with the way the guy gets out of the truck and walks up to the door and greets you at the door and is his uniform clean and pressed or is he wearing the same shirt for the third day in a row? I mean, this affects price. It affects people's reaction to price. And premium price occurs. The ability to sell at premium prices has an enormous amount to do with, to use your language, how tight the ship is, how well everything is being done. Again, to quote, I mean, Walt's main principle marketing advice was do what you do so well that people have to tell other people about you. They can't resist telling other people about you. What he didn't enunciate, but is a Disney secret, is how they were able to keep raising prices and charge super high prices, and it doesn't matter. Iger's now been doing it for three years, trying actually to reduce body count in the parks because they have too many customers. And raising prices is not affecting it because they're so great 
at all the details of it, why everything they do, that people have a elastic attitude toward paying Disney that they do not have about paying Universal Studios or Six Flags or Cedar Point. And the same thing's true in every industry. It's every industry where I do a lot of work. Um, we have real estate agents who charge a client fee plus full commission in a world where the other five agents everybody met with is no fee and discounting commissions. How do they win? Because they do everything so well. And, and conversely, the more slop you got, the more freelancing you got, the more deviation from a best practice you have, um, the more you compensate for it by discounts and hugely promotional offers. So, like, there's a company here that does power washing. And so every spring they're in my community and they power wash the houses and they power wash the driveways, right? I've, in five years, never seen a promotional offer from them. Meaning, you know, we'll do your deck for free if we can do it while we're here to do everybody else's. Or uh, if we do the house, we'll do the driveway at half price. Or I never see any of that. Uh, but I do see them doing almost all the houses, including mine. And promotional offers in season for those services are everywhere. So why don't they have to do promotional offers? because they do every aspect of what they do so well that everybody's immune to the promotional offers. I, I know I'm paying them a premium, and I don't care. Um, the, my dry cleaner is probably the most expensive dry cleaner in 50 square miles. He's also so busy he can barely handle all the business. And there's a huge constituency of people perfectly happy to pay him more than 15 dry cleaners between them and him because when I take the plastic off of a sport coat, there is zero risk of the lapels having been pressed wrong. Zero. I've never had one now in six years. Yeah. And every dry cleaner I ever used before him, you took the plastic off and the damn thing was pressed wrong. So... Um, and it's all the little stuff. Um, everything is single wrap, not five shirts and one plastic wrap. And now as soon as you get one out, you've wrinkled all the rest. Um, you're greeted properly when you come in the store, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. See, this stuff, this stuff is so connected to profit margin. That connection is grossly underestimated. So real quick. Does this apply to my clients, roofing companies, window companies, siding, plumbing, HVAC? Absolutely. <laughs> that's Absolutely. A, that's a trick and question. So, yeah, look, of course, right? So, I mean, look, some of them are very much about retention and repeat. Mm -hmm. Others with larger sort of one-time transactions are still more about the next transaction and the referral and the reputational conversation that, that occurs in a community, in a neighborhood. So I don't participate, but 
I did notice the other day. So we have, in our fairly upscale community, we have um, community potluck day coming up. <laughs> and everybody for five streets will all be together in the park and we'll all be talking to each other. So what happens when one says, kind of like you see in the Angie's List commercial, hey, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I got my windows really need to be replaced. Do you know anybody? So what happens when that conversation occurs? More importantly, is there anybody that's going to brag to seven other people about the company that just did their windows? And he's going to brag not just about the windows, because that's kind of the minimum ante to be in the game. Yeah, the windows were all installed properly, and they open and they close and, you know, all of that. It's all the other stuff. Did they clean up the mess? Did they put on booties? Did they smell of alcohol? Did they? Did we get a handwritten thank you note? Did they? It's it's all this stuff. So, of course, it applies, and it really applies because the look. Everybody knows the hardest, most expensive, most difficult part of a business is new customer acquisition. The way to reduce that expense, pain, and difficulty um, is not to do five times as much stuff on Facebook. It is to do such to have such a great relationship with every customer you have that they never leave you. They have much higher lifetime value and they are a referral multiplier rather than at best a referral replicator. And really a business is so most people don't even understand what a business is. If you ask them, they will tell you they're in the plumbing and heating business or the or the deck building business or the uh, the window business or whatever. All businesses are really collections of customers. That's what they are. But the rest of it is the deliverable. And the equity is all in the customer. The equity is not in the product or the process. The equities in the in the customer him, him or herself. The equities in the relationship with that customer. The equities in the relationship that the customer will not break, come hell or high water, and will not be seduced away from by price or by overt advertising and marketing. And and if you are not investing in the creation and protection of that equity, which now affects everything, including who you hire, how you train them, what, how you ruthlessly manage them, um, and how you compensate them. Uh, you really don't understand business. You don't get it. You don't understand where the value is. And if you ask how Buffett buys a business, and there's a criteria, one of them is there a moat around it, meaning is there something that is somewhat proprietary that gives it some protection from, um, from, commoditization, and competition. Another thing on his criteria is, is the, is the relationship between the business, its people, and its customers so good that they will feel guilty or ashamed if they do business with anybody else. That doesn't happen by accident, and it doesn't happen just by delivering what you promised. You know, it's a lot more than that. You talk about and in this book, and I, this is one of the most important concepts I learned from you. Luckily, I learned this very early on, 
is that the relationship is really where the equity is. You just alluded to that. What do you say to companies that are like a roofing or a window, they're, they're big ticket, but they're constantly chasing after that next new customer. They're not investing in that. They just don't believe that that customer will come back. What's kind of your advice around around that? Well, look, first of all, we can actually measure and judge um, both the intelligence of the operator and the quality of the relationship by three metrics. One is repeat business. And if a high transaction value business, putting a roof on a house or cosmetic dentistry, um, does not have other goods and services, is really not operating under what I call the mini conglomerate theory. They're idiots. Um, because you go to all the trouble of building a trust relationship with somebody by actually doing what you said you were going to do, having your workers there when you said they were going to be there, getting the job finished on time, not having it leak, um, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you go to all the trouble to build that high trust relationship, and then you don't monetize it by more than one transaction. You're a buffoon. And again, the most expensive, most difficult, most vulnerable, most fragile, most commoditizable, most price suppressible part of a business is acquisition of new customers. So all your profit leverage is in the good relationship with a good customer that will yield uh, more than one exchange of goods and services for money. Uh, Secondly, we can measure by the metric of replication with referrals. By that, I mean one begets one. And if your numbers are below one-to-one, which essentially doubles your business every year with no advertising expense. And I mean, look, I'm an ad guy talking about this. So if you're like less than one-to-one on ad, Average. That doesn't mean everybody replicates, but on average, if you're less than one-to-one, I guarantee you, you are doing a lot of things badly. Um, you are meeting the minimum standard for, okay, I'm not going to complain, but that's really how people feel about you. The third metric is referral multiplying, because roughly one of every five customers in any business um, has multiply has has the potential to be a multiplier not a replicator they are some sort of center of influence they are the the mayor they are the head of the homeowners association um, they are a dentist with a lot of patients that live in the community they um, They're the number one car salesman who sells to people who live in the community. Um, They own the house painting company, um, et cetera, et cetera. So they have the ability to multiply. They have the ability to drive 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 uh, customers 
when they are wowed, when they are thrilled, and when they are in a continuing relationship, constantly reminding them of how happy they were with whatever was done and um, that they are liked and appreciated um, and respected and followed up on and valued. And so those three metrics really tell us what's going on with a business. And if I'm consulting, those are some of the numbers that I want to look at. By the way, there's an entire chapter in the book people should pay attention to about about money math. Um, the numbers you really need to pay attention to in a business that don't show up on your tax return, your balance sheet, or that your accountant and CPA doesn't tell you about at the end of the month. Right. Um, and and so and so these are these are some of the ways to look at a business and say, gee, are we creating any equity here? Um, and are we building a moat around anything? Are we creating any kind of real financial security for this business? Um, you know, something happened today when we're recording this call. Um, Walgreens stock dropped by 12%. CVS stock dropped by 10 because it was announced that Amazon just bought a drugstore chain. Oh. Okay. And so the shareholders immediately panic and probably accurately reflecting the panic of management because there's really no relationship equity between the CVS store and the Walgreens store and the customer. As a matter of fact, if you're a typical customer, um, if it's convenient for me to stop at the CVS store to get what I need, it's on the right side of the street, and I don't have to cross three lanes of traffic. When I come back out, I go to CVS. Right. If it's more convenient to stop at Walgreens, I stop at Walgreens. They're right? interchangeable. So they know in their so they know and their shareholders know, uh-oh, we're really vulnerable. Now, you could put a dry cleaners across the street from my house, and I would still go 20 miles out of the way to go to the dry cleaners I go to. A, because the, pro the deliverable itself is superior, but B, because the relationship is superior. And relationship and, is and where some people great. Absolutely, absolutely. It's where it's where the sustainable equity is. And so, you know, look, Amazon is able to really harm businesses. Portals, Angie's List, Yelp, are able to really harm businesses that have little or no relationship equity with their customers. And therefore, they have little or no word-of-mouth reputational value in the marketplace. If you have really strong relationship equity, it's very hard to take a customer away from you by convenience or price. The commitment is deeper and more multifaceted than that. Well, real quick, let me ask you. So I'm... I'm essentially telling people, look, things are great right now. If you haven't done it, 
yet build the relationship with your customers, you better start now because this doesn't last. We can't forget history. I mean, what do you think about what do you think about planning for recession proofing your business? Well, there everybody wishes they'd done it before the recession. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you know the the old wise adage is dig wells before you thirst. And you will, there will be times when you're thirsty. I mean, again, you can't ignore history and economic cycles. And, and I mean, look, we've temporarily stemmed the middle class genocide, but facts tell us it's only a temporary stemming of it. The great middle class of America, where everybody's got a factory job, they make 60 grand a year, they can afford an RV in the driveway and remodel the kitchen three times during their lives. So that middle class was really just about dead. And politically now we've stemmed its collapse, but it it's coming. Um, inflation, I mean, there's something that is going to upset the happy apple cart that is now rolling merrily along. There's always times when money runs uphill and there's times when you got to go, you got to have a pretty uh, robust system for getting money. And again, as Buffett says, you really don't know what somebody's like. You don't know they're naked until the tide goes out. Yeah. But tides never just come in. So, and again, businesses could get commoditized. I mean, Amazon could get you. At some point, they've already got like the blinds business. So who says they can't get the window business? Or a big hunk of it. They can sell windows for 10% over cost and control the installation and stick a portal in front of everybody. Just like Smile Direct Club is doing to dentists and orthodontists with Invisalign. Um, so... These perils are, are, are really problematic to fix after they're in the house and occurring. Prevention is better than cure. And prevention, again, is about, it's all about the things you tell them to do. It's all about, are they getting a newsletter every month? Are they getting a gift? Are they, do they feel like they're part of a club? Um, uh, are they loved and cared for and respected and appreciated? And is that investment recovered by their referral activity, which really speaks loudest about how the relationship is? Um, it, it, you know, is all that in place in advance of criticality, in advance of need? Because in the times of need, it is what bridges those gaps. It what it's what keeps businesses in business until the next boom, and it's what causes other businesses to roll over and die um, before the next boom comes. So there you go. Some very good advice from Dan Kennedy. Again, like I said at the beginning, if you liked this episode, if you liked the book, I would strongly encourage you to go to No BS innercircle.com and um, they have a free gift something offer 
Um, they're going to charge you a few bucks. They're going to give you access to a bunch of free stuff. But more importantly, you're going to get the No BS newsletter. Uh, most of the newsletters written by Dan. And like I said, I have been getting this newsletter for 22 years uninterrupted. Um, it's damn good. I look forward to getting it every month. In fact, it's not the only newsletter I get from Dan. There are, uh, there's one other or two others that I also get. Um, I'm a little bit of a, uh, Dan Kennedy, uh, junkie or groupie, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but anyway, there you go. Uh, no BS, innercircle.com. And of course, all of his books are available at amazon.com. And that's it. If I can help you with anything, reach out to me. I am right here for you. And if I can help you, let me know. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. And finally, we started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the wealthy contractor. Now, the wealthy contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing.